I know that working with pregnant people and Alexander Technique, helping people feel that they have just like even a couple millimeters of extra space in their body while they're pregnant to breathe, to let their back lengthen and widen. We know that helps people feel better. That can influence your birth. Now, no guarantees. Every body is different. Every baby is different. Every birth is different. Welcome to another episode of the Poised Powerful Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Mahan. I coach movement, alignment, and the empowerment that comes from understanding how your body works. This podcast is all about helping regular people adapt to the physical and emotional challenges of new parenthood and hearing some good stories from people getting the crash course. Hello, folks. This is Sarah Mahan. I'm on the mic solo today for a little bit more of an informational episode about the different body changes that people experience in pregnancy. So I remember when I was a kid, maybe more toward preteen years, there was a book in our house about puberty and those body changes called What's Happening to My Body. When I was pregnant, I know I remembered that title which is sort of a funny title, but at the same time talks about that feeling where your body's changing and it feels really just confusing and out of your control. I thought it was funny how that that also related to the experience of pregnancy. That's what we're going to be talking about today, the what's happening to my bodiness of it all. We will be focusing on information about some of these changes, particularly of the musculoskeletal system. There are so many body changes that I cannot possibly cover them all, but I want to focus on some of the ones that are really common and that I've seen in students, in the people that I work with, so that you can just have more information, come away with some concrete tips, and also know a little bit about what it's like to work with a professional, a skilled body worker or body mind awareness practitioner such as myself, which of course I highly encourage. Now, here's my disclaimer. Of course, I am not a doctor. So just repeating, this is not medical advice. This is not personalized to your situation specifically. Always consult your medical provider, be that your OB, your nurse practitioner, your midwife, about any concerns about your health or your baby's health. That said, this will be very educational. You sometimes don't get that time in an appointment to get that information. Often appointments are very fast. So hopefully this will just give you some extra knowledge to feel just a little bit more comfortable and confident. It's really interesting, I think. I mean, at least I'm interested in pregnancy pain. It's taken for granted that you will have pain when you are pregnant. It is really interesting. In our past episode where I talked with Nicola Hanefeld, we talked about how it's very common, for example, to have low back pain in pregnancy, but also at the same time, it's understudied. There's not 
so much hard knowledge as you would think in terms of how these conditions are affecting people who give birth. The best methods there are to deal with them. And as you, of course, know, in pregnancy, often people are reluctant to really do a lot of treatment for things that are are considered more minor. So want to be very, very conservative in terms of things like medications and treatments. That's what I'm going to say. That's why seeing a body worker or body awareness practitioner can really be that valuable support. If it's more something that is a source of discomfort and not indicative of a greater medical problem. So speaking of that, again, I wanted to reiterate, this is not medical advice, but the reason that it's important to bring up conditions that are causing you discomfort to your provider are because they can be indicative of larger problems with your overall health. For example, in the episode about early cervical opening, also called insufficient or incompetent cervix, Maddie McCulloch talks about how when she was pregnant with her daughter, she had very unusual back pain. Her doctor dismissed it as just the very common low back pain that most pregnant people experience. What she was actually experiencing were contractions that were opening her cervix. That was something that that should have been checked out. Her medical practitioner should have listened to her. There are other things like this that are worth mentioning. Of course, you know, back pain can just be back pain. It can be a sign of a kidney infection or a bladder infection. There are so many reasons for headaches. So sometimes it's just you've been at the computer too long or the muscles in your neck are really tight. That can give you a headache. But It can be a sign of something like preeclampsia, a very severe headache. Rib and shoulder pain, also a sign of preeclampsia. And again, uh, certain types of low back pain or pelvic pain or pelvic pressure, especially if it comes in sort of waves, that can be a sign of premature labor. So when you bring these concerns to your practitioner, they should take you seriously They should be asking questions about where the pain is and when you experience it and what it feels like. They should be doing stuff to monitor your blood pressure. And they really should not just blame it on increased weight during pregnancy. Ooh, that's one that comes up with people. And uh, I think that's really frustrating and unhelpful to blame all medical problems on gaining weight or being, quote, overweight before pregnancy. So some providers will blame problems just primarily on weight gain or being, quote, overweight before pregnancy, which I think is is really frustrating for a lot of people and, and doesn't really get them the help and support that they really deserve. Oh, something else I wanted to mention was excessive swelling. Though some degree of swelling can be totally normal, sometimes it can indicate a larger problem. So it's really important to know what your normal is and to be tuned in and and really listening to your body. At the same time, I recognize that can get overwhelming, but that's really important, knowing what your normal is in those cases when you go and get checked out. 
again, it's a privilege to assume you might be listened to. That is not the case for everybody. But I'm remembering something like I heard about this with the Homeland Heart Birth and Wellness Collective, which is a doula group in Nashville in the town where I grew up, a group of black doulas, and they taught their clients to do things like monitor their own blood pressure. So getting a blood pressure cuff, taking that agency for themselves to know what their normal is. So again, this is more in the medical realm, not really my responsibility, but don't ignore it if you feel just like something isn't right. In Maddie's story, she talked about feeling like something just wasn't right. Even if it's difficult and you shouldn't have to advocate for yourself, sometimes you do. I'm getting off my soapbox for that one. Another attitude we encounter about pregnancy pain is just kind of a like, what did you expect? You're pregnant. People don't really take the discomfort very seriously. People don't realize that there are things that they can do to make themselves more comfortable just because if people around them are dismissive. So we're going to get to that. Some things you can do. Some people are just kind of their eyes are on. Okay, it'll be fine. Once I'm not pregnant anymore, they've always kind of pushed through in their lives and they're going to push through to the finish line of, of giving birth. And then they feel all that stuff is going to be over. I really hate to be the bearer of bad news, but once you have the baby, you're going to be taking care of that baby. And that is extremely physical, extremely demanding. And you really want to have yourself be in as good a shape as possible for that postpartum period. Now, of course, some problems just completely go away once the baby pops out. Pregnancy is weird like that, y'all. I just want to point that out, that it is worth taking this time to take care of yourself and to be a little bit less, uh, there's nothing I can do about it. Because there maybe are some things, even if it doesn't totally solve your problems, just to be a little bit more comfortable. Another thing I hear is people feeling kind of really down on themselves that, well, I, I just really need to exercise more. You know what? Exercise is great. If you love exercise, that's great. I want to point out that you deserve to feel better, <laughs> even if you're not keeping up with some uh, fitness routine that you feel like you're supposed to be doing. I think it's really important to do what your energy allows and also note that you might be more active if you can take care of your pain first. So just something to point out in terms of things like back pain and joint pain. Sometimes it's easier to be active once you really take that time to take care of that. Off my soapbox. <laughs> now I'm going to talk a little bit about what some of these changes are and how I help people in my role as an Alexander Technique teacher as a practitioner who helps people with their movement and posture and body awareness. I sometimes explain Alexander Technique as a KonMari for your movement habits. You say thank you to what is no longer serving you and you let it go in order to make more space. And the feeling once you had an Alexander session is a feeling of a bit more lightness and spaciousness in your posture and body movement, which is really, really useful, especially in pregnancy, because what do people feel when they're pregnant? 
Ooh, there's definitely no space and they definitely feel heavy with the weight of the baby. All the other things that go along with it. I don't have to tell you <laughs> that, of course, the weight of the baby, that is something that is going to change your alignment and movement pattern. So one thing that happens in pregnancy is your center of gravity will shift more forward as the uterus grows, as the fetus grows. So you will see often an increased low back curve in the lumbar spine. Your low back, this is often called lordosis. So that's very common to see in pregnant people is that increased arch. Now, part of that is that people then have a habit of leaning back into that arch, into that low back, kind of parking their weight. Obviously, you don't have to be pregnant to do that. In fact, a lot of these habits are habits that we had before pregnancy. We're just sort of loading more weight onto the structure. And of, of course, it becomes less and less efficient as time goes on. So that leaning back into the curve, that can really add pressure to that low back. That's also, by the way, what causes a pregnancy waddle. You're not allowing that free movement of the hips and legs, so you get more of a side-to-side gait. So that is something I help people with, not to lean back and crunch into that curve, but to help their back really spread out, work more efficiently, and not to lead with that baby bump. It's really funny how often you'll really see like in a stock photo or like some actress pretending she's pregnant, of course, she's going to lean back, put her hands on her low back, and that's so you know that she's pregnant. It's kind of funny how we lean into these sort of stereotypic things or just also these this is what we're used to seeing but just letting you know that that some different options are possible and one thing i always thought was really interesting is that people think of their belly growing forward you know just sort of like a belly button forward thing and you see people doing this even very early in pregnancy the uterus actually it sort of tips up so it's sort of a forward and upward direction. So it's not exactly like belly button forward. People's bumps grow in all kinds of different ways. So again, stereotype may not apply to you. So some other things that we do in pregnancy is work on that standing posture. So not to be locking the legs, but keeping a softness in the knees, what we call a secret bend, bringing that center of gravity further backward on the feet. So you can try this in terms of rocking your feet forward and back on the ankles and trying to land a bit more weight into your heels. We want to have a dynamic posture that feels good and can adjust to change. Like I was saying, people sort of lean back and sort of park it. We think sometimes posture is this thing that we just like hold on to very tightly. In fact, you want to be having your muscles less gripped, less tense, and more able to move. You're going to feel just a little bit better because your muscles are going to be working less hard. Working in all fours. You might take a yoga class and end up doing a lot of tabletop and cat and cow. And that's why this can be very good to coordinate the whole back, making your back actually stronger during pregnancy. So any of that work on the floor, on all fours, crawling, hip circles, rocking back and forth, those can feel really good to unload your low back. And you can try that at home and you can try that in a lesson with me. 
We might retool some of your everyday movements, such as bending. So a lot of us will bend from the waist. And of course, when you're pregnant, you sort of don't really have a waist anymore. So we're going to talk about doing things like bending at the hip joint so that you can still bend. We might work also a lot with your sitting posture, making that feel a little bit more comfortable for you, working on your posture, both when you sit in a chair, or I know a lot of folks are sitting on the floor with their older children. So, okay, maybe we can find support. Where can we Find support for your sit bones on the chair with a cushion if you're on the floor. Maybe that's seated on a cushion. Maybe that's leaning with your back against part of the couch so you have that support. Those are all things that can alleviate back pain when you're sitting. And of course, you may find you have to shift position more frequently. That's just going to happen when you're pregnant. You're going you're gonna to stiffen up a little bit more easily. And actually, that's a good sign is your body telling you to move. So if you are doing that work with your body, hopefully you will keep that facility of movement. As you're leaning back, sort of the whole spine adjusts as well is you can kind of then counter with rounding your upper back, your thoracic spine. Uh, It's called kyphosis. Part of that is something called forward head position, aka tech stack. (laughs) So if you are spending a lot of time on your phone when you're pregnant, that is something you want to be very mindful to think about when you're pregnant in terms of not letting your chin and your face lead you forward when you're looking at a screen. You'll want to make sure you are taking those breaks. I realize a lot of this is easier said than done, but it is worthwhile. And for all of these concerns, I'm going to say that constructive rest is going to be really helpful. Letting your back rest and letting your spine come into a lengthened position. It's actually pretty challenging to lengthen your spine when standing. It's way easier to do this lying down. So take it lying down, do constructive rest. I will have links in the show notes that you can talk about doing that. And a previous guest, Katerie Gormley and I, we talked quite a bit about the importance of doing that when pregnant. And if you're early in your pregnancy, you know, you can do constructive rest on your back if that's comfortable for you. But you can also always practice in sideline. As the uterus grows, We've talked about sort of the uh, compression of the low back. Some of that pressure, of course, is going to be felt downward into the pelvis. So that's why people can have a lot of, I'll just say, weird sensations in their pelvis. As the baby grows and moves even, it can feel very weird. Some of that downward pressure on the pelvis. So it's going to be really important to be attentive to those movements that feel a bit more uncomfortable to you. One kind of pain or pressure you might experience is is called sciatica. So the sciatic nerve attaches to the back of your pelvis and runs across your butt and down your leg. This can feel really weird and even alarming, but it's due to pressure on that nerve. So of course, when a nerve gets pinched, it can feel kind of zingy, pins and needles sort of feeling. So things that can help with this, 
again, talking to your provider, maybe getting a referral to PT. But I've supported a lot of people in PT as well to make sure that their daily habits aren't exacerbating any of their issues. So for sciatica, a lot of this is going to be working with that sitting posture, sitting with more balance, and making sure that you are sitting on your sit bones instead of rocking back, curling back into a C-shape compressing the back of your pelvis or your tailbone. Now, this might have been a habit you had before pregnancy, but in pregnancy, again, more weight on the structure, it less space, it just becomes a little bit less sustainable. So we're going to work with balanced sitting. One thing you can do right away is to sit on a wedge cushion or rolled towel, making sure to be on your sit bones and not on the back of the pelvis. I'll have a link in the show notes um, in terms of finding where those sit bones are. Um, this can be tough on like a deep couch or your car seat. So you might have to make some adjustments, having a cushion to really make sure you're not rocked all the way back, a rolled towel or cushion behind your back when you're on the couch, or even just lying down, sitting less, and make sure to take breaks from sitting. We don't live in a culture that embraces taking breaks, so that can be kind of frustrating when you're pregnant, but it is only going to be good for you. So some of the other pressures that people can feel are something called pelvic girdle pain or pelvic joint pain. Pelvic joint, isn't that a weird, did you know that your pelvis had joints? it has multiple joints. So we think of the pelvis maybe as one bone. It is actually multiple. So if you put your hands on your hips, what people say hands on your hips, usually that's the top of your iliac crests. That's the very top part of your pelvis. The very bottom part of your pelvis is going to be your sit bones. You can feel for those right now. Make sure you're sitting on them. And the pelvis is actually, you can feel behind you the bottom of your spine and your tailbone know where that is. So that's kind of nestled in between two halves of your pelvis. In the front, these two halves join in your pubic bone. And so you can get a kind of pelvic girdle pain called symphysis pubis dysfunction or SPD. This can really suck for lack of a better term. You might have SPD if you are really struggling With pain in your pubic bone, single leg movements can be difficult. So that's why you're going to really want to retool some of your movements, getting out of bed, getting out of the car, walking upstairs. Do not push through pain. You know, this is one to really make sure you go see a physical therapist, do everything you can to be a little bit more comfortable, although it's going to be challenging. But do not push through the pain. Make sure you're modifying any exercise to accommodate that. So the other kind of pain you might experience, there's also your sacroiliac joint. So that is where your sacrum, that is the lowest part of your spine, hinges into your pelvis. All of these things are softening (laughs) because of something called relaxin. This just blows my mind is you have this hormone and that allows the ligaments and ligaments are connective tissue that joins bone to bone. Got a lot of those in the pelvis because you're joining those different pelvic bones and pelvic joints. So this will soften the ligaments so that your baby can pass through 
the pelvic cavity. So people talk about their hips getting wider when they're pregnant, like it's just a question of getting bigger or wider or gaining weight. Actually, it's your, the pelvic cavity makes a little bit more space. And it's just sort of wild to think about that sacrum can actually move during birth. It doesn't move in any other time, really. And it gets prepared to do this while you're pregnant via the hormone relaxin. I had sacroiliac pain while I was pregnant. And some of the things that I did was to check in, make sure that I saw a body worker or a body awareness professional. I, in my case, I saw a rolfer who was really smart and had worked with pregnant folks a lot. And I saw the teacher who trained me and she helped my pelvis feel a little bit more stable because our pelvises often we sort of lean to one side or don't have them really precisely aligned. And of course, as pregnancy goes on, this can be more of a strain. Um, And you might feel it as muscle strains, pain in the hips. I felt it like it was like my SI joint was being pulled on or even that it was sort of wiggly, (laughs) like it would move kind of to one side. Those Alexander lessons helped my pelvis be more aligned and that body work helped my muscles around my hips being a little bit less tense because since my pelvis was a bit squishy and loosey-goosey, those hip muscles were just really working overtime to keep me stabilized, uh, to keep me from falling over. One thing I was told was not to do too much driving because, you know, especially if you're driving uh automatic, most people are, you are favoring one leg, which means that your pelvis is not precisely aligned when you're driving. So that can exacerbate symptoms. I was attentive to those movements that made my SI joint feel a little bit tweaky. So I was able to shift and not just like push through until I was in more pain. I did constructive rest frequently and after driving, And I was really careful with my exercise movements. Again, make sure if something doesn't feel right, uh, that you're really vetting those moves by somebody knowledgeable, like a physical or occupational therapist or a prenatal exercise specialist. So for me, hip openers, some people think you have to do hip openers to ready your body for birth. There's actually a variety of hip motions that you can be doing. So you don't just have to be doing these deep bends with your thighs and external rotation. So for me, I was actually doing too much of that and I needed to do less. I've mentioned physical therapy a bit. Again, I have supported a lot of folks who are in physical therapy, making sure they're attentive to some of those lifestyle concerns, how they're holding tension in the body, because a lot of times these are habits that they've had uh, since before they were pregnant. And they're often keyed into how they respond to stress. And so working on helping them slow down their movements, consciously release tension in the muscle, that's really only going to help them as they're working on their pain. So one thing that I would super encourage you to always see a physical therapist with is if you have symptoms of pelvic floor disorder or pelvic floor dysfunction. So this could be pelvic pain, pain with sex, a heavy feeling in the vagina, or any kind of incontinence, including sneeze pee, or if you sneeze when you vomit. 
So that just can be an indication that this downward pressure is really putting so much, a lot of strain on your pelvic floor. And there are things that you can do. So this is something that people really do take for granted. But my PSA is see a pelvic floor therapist and of course, support your health in in other ways. So for example, you might talk about with your PT stuff like, you know, how you're holding tension in the body. We are often gripping too much in that pelvic floor or in our glutes and our buns of steel. So a lot of us think, oh, Kegels, I just need to tighten it up down there. Well, you can also have too much tension and tension in the legs, tension in the butt that can affect your pelvic floor. They might also talk to you about your bathroom habits because a tight pelvic floor can inhibit your ability to pass stool and ultimately to pass that baby. So it is important to find that postural balance in your pelvic floor as well. We want to sort of not too tight, not too loose, just right. So they might talk about things like having a squatty potty. I'm a big fan of. So your bathroom habits while you're pregnant can be very important because one of those things that you might experience is hemorrhoids. And that can be a reason to talk to a pelvic floor practitioner. You can check the show notes for some of our other episodes in the past where we've talked about pelvic health and to pelvic health practitioners for more information on that. Now, I know not everybody has insurance. Maybe not everybody can afford this, but I know in this state where I live, we have something called direct access for physical therapy, which means you don't need a referral from a doctor. You don't have to ask your doctor's like permission to go see a physical therapist. You can just go see a physical therapist. Definitely go to one that says they have experience in something like pelvic floor, prenatal, postnatal. Sometimes it'll be called women's health. That's really who you want to see. And really take that time to take care of yourself. By the way, <laughs> this affects the softening of the ligaments. It, it affects lots of ligaments in your body, not just your pelvis, but this is why people might get weird strains and sprains or your feet sort of get bigger. It's actually your feet spreading out because of that ligament laxity. So that's why it's really important to listen to your body, not push too hard, not overstretch. So we talk, somehow people often have this idea that if something hurts, stretch it. More stretching is always better stretching, not necessarily the case. This is why this is important to listen to your body so that you don't get an injury. You are a little bit more susceptible to those type of ligament injuries while you're pregnant doesn't mean you can't do the things you love, but it's very good to be attentive to your movement patterns and your range of motion and not just try to push through that pain. Some of those other things that can happen as my hip muscles got very tight to sort of hold my pelvis, which felt like it was like falling apart. People's legs can get very tight or heavy feeling. So all of this tension goes into their legs. Some things that I did when I was pregnant were sitting backwards in a chair. In my constructive rest, maybe doing some leg slides on the floor, 
And swimming. Swimming can be really great for all of these concerns just to feel that pressure (laughs) taken off, that downward pressure. We're talking about downward pressure on the pelvic floor. So you also can feel that pressure upward (laughs) on the top of your breathing container. Uh, Refer to our past episode on the breathing container. So the top of your breathing container is your diaphragm. Your diaphragm goes all the way around the bottom of your ribs. It descends when you inhale, it releases upward when you exhale. Now, of course, what happens as the baby grows, the lungs don't inflate as fully because the diaphragm can't descend as fully. So this can feel kind of like uh, you can't get enough breath. Now, part of this is also due to your blood volume. You're pumping more blood. So that's a reason you might get out of breath even really early in pregnancy. It can feel really wild. Now, of course, check with your doctor regarding shortness of breath. Make sure they, you know, have a conversation about, you know, when this comes on and what it feels like exactly. But just to know that some shortness of breath is normal. A lot of us will react by lifting the chest that feels like we're going to get more breath but we're actually even further compromising by doing high chest breathing. It's really hard to get that diaphragmatic movement, but we can find it in other ways. Taking things slow, always. If you're feeling short of breath, don't just push through. Tune in if you're feeling short of breath while exercising. And we have a episode in the past on breathing in 360. So this is a guide. So we're not just breathing upward in the chest and we're not just breathing in front. What you still have when you're pregnant is access to the sides of your ribs and the movement of your back body in the back of your ribs. So I would think about breathing into my lower back ribs in child's pose, hugging a ball or sitting backwards in a chair. And that was really useful. Also, paying attention to tight clothing or tight bras, those can restrict rib movement. So that's something to pay attention to. Again, mention this always to your doctor. So as you prepare for birth, something people talk a lot about in the birth world is the benefits of upright positioning for birth. I want to mention that Upright positioning is also benefiting you before birth by allowing the spine to lengthen, doing constructive rest, and helping you sit in less schlumped positions is going to feel a little bit less compressed, maybe give you a little bit more energy. I think it's really interesting. I was doing some reading. Gail Tully, she's the woman who created Spinning Babies. She talks a lot about how maternal positioning affects fetal positioning. She believes that a lot of sitting in front of computers and driving a long time, and especially if you're sitting in a a slumped backward C-curve, she believes that affects the abilities of the baby to find space to turn and rotate the most efficient direction in the womb, which I thought was really fascinating because I know that working with pregnant people and Alexander Technique, helping people feel that they have just like even a couple millimeters of extra space in their body while they're pregnant to breathe, to let their back lengthen and widen. We know that helps people feel better. I thought that was really interesting that maybe that can influence your birth. Now, no guarantees. Every body is different. Every baby is different. Every birth is different. But just a little something if you find that that type of thing 
spinning babies is of interest to you. To recap, we've talked about some of the musculoskeletal concerns that can happen to us when we're pregnant, particularly talk about things that affect the spine and affect the pelvis, as those are really common. Of course, there's a bajillion other things I could have mentioned. I just wanted to mention some of the stuff I see most commonly. I want to reiterate my point of why it's important to tune into yourself. This is something we've not really been encouraged to do in society and in previous aspects of life. We've been encouraged to push through pain or really to just be, I think, overly focused on goals and results. And of course, we don't have an ultimate control of how our, our birth goes. Sometimes we do ourselves a disservice when we, we push ourselves too hard. We also do ourselves a disservice when we compare ourselves to other people. Every pregnancy is different. Every person is different. Even a person who has multiple pregnancies, their pregnancies will be different. Even in the same family, you might have the same concerns your sisters or your mother got. You might not. This doesn't really reflect anything about you as a person. Some of this has to do with genetics. Some of it is is just plain luck. I want you to do everything possible to help yourself, but at the same time, have that attitude that it's not about doing everything right, that if you just did everything right, you wouldn't be in pain. I see a lot of people in pain. Pain is really frustrating. To an extent, what we're working on is not not having pain, but our relationship to pain. You're going to see this in a lot of birth classes. They talk about not tensing in response to pain, but allowing, accepting, surrendering. These are different phrases people use in birth classes. And it's kind of interesting because I think that's something we do in Alexander Technique too. Not tensing in response to pain because that can cause further pain, further anxiety and fear. It's not just the pain, but it's the emotions that come with pain. We often feel like we should command and control our bodies rather than work with them. This is something that's been reinforced by diet culture that a lot of us have been swimming with. We don't like these changes and we often fight them. By this tuning in, you're giving up some of the fight. You're giving up some of that sense of struggling against yourself so that you can work with yourself. Ultimately, what you can gain just from taking this tour of self-knowledge, maybe assisted by a skilled body worker or body awareness practitioner, such as an Alexander Technique teacher like myself, is retaining that sense of agency. So I've done a little bit of reading about trauma. A lot of what is traumatic is a feeling like things are happening to you and that you're not an active participant. So of course, right now you're probably thinking about your baby and putting your baby's health as primary. I also want to encourage you to think of yourself. Take that time to tune in while I wish you didn't have to advocate for yourself. This self-knowledge can be an empowering um, in terms of advocating for yourself. So it's not just about your back pain. It's about how you feel overall. 
take that time to tune in, whether that's constructive rest, maybe some mindful walking, or some self-massage. Give yourself a whole lot of grace and kindness. Really feel that this time is, is worth it. Don't get stuck in feeling like you have to be productive. You are reproductive. Just to close, I think about Ali Wong's routine where she talks about, I'm making an eyeball. You are already doing so much right now. And I wish you the very best. If you liked listening to some of this information, definitely check out the show notes. We have some articles that'll go further on some of these concerns. Again, I teach one-to-one in the Chicagoland area online, and I do have an upcoming group class to help you stress less in pregnancy, a parent-centered class. It's going to be pretty awesome. So please check that out. And it will be online so you can join from your location anywhere in the world. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Poised Powerful Parenting. I'd love it if you shared this episode with a friend who you think would benefit from it. If you'd like to know more about movement and mindfulness for new and expecting parents, head over to poisedpowerfulparenthood.com for support. I hope you find the support you need because you are growing and changing too.